Welcome to No Compromise, where faith and reason fuse in conversation. Hello, Johnny. Hello, my love. Hello, everyone. So today's the big day, huh? Yep, this is it. Yeah, today's the day when we discuss what John Milton has been leading us up to. Book nine yeah. of Paradise Lost. So for eight books, he's been... Leading us to this moment. Right. The dramatic unraveling of the whole story of Genesis exactly. and the fall of man. So it all culminates here in this right. book. This is the climax of this epic poem. Right. And maybe it's worth saying right here, right now at the beginning, that there's no way that we can do justice to this book because line after line, mm -hmm. all the way through it, it is just filled with so much. Yeah, it's just too much stuff to go So over. much information mm -hmm. and so much dramatic and poetic brilliance that we can't do justice to it. Right. And so the best we can do is kind of point here and there as we go through. And I'm going to defer to you most of the way through this <laughs> and simply try to once in a while slow the progress so that we can look at some highlights. Okay. And this is kind of like the end of what Milton says is the friendly communication between heaven and man. Right. That's so it. the whole book starts out with that. No more of talk where God or angel guest with man, as with his friend, familiar use to sit indulgent, and with him partake rural repast, permitting him the while venial discourse unblamed. I now must change those notes to tragic. Mm -hmm. And the tragedy, as we'll see as we move forward, Milton says is actually much greater than uh, the dramatic elements of Homer or Virgil. Homer or Virgil, right? All even, of the other epic poetry. Yeah, he even says it's more heroic right. than Homer or Virgil's tales. Yep. And it's interesting to see in the way in which it's more heroic mm -hmm. because it's much more focused on the relationship between Adam and Eve. Right. Exactly. And the, the heroics are very much centered in the conjugal love between the two of them. That's right. Okay, so Milton opens again by calling on the muse, and he does it in the third person this time, right? He he hopes that she'll come to him in his dream while he's sleeping. And Milton feels that it's late in his life to finish this work. It's too late in his life. Right. And he wants to finish it all well. Yeah, he's he been writing this for to it. He's been writing this for a while, right? Right. By the time that Many years, mm -hmm. right. So the scene opens with Satan hiding on the dark side of the earth because his previous confrontation with Gabriel. So he returns to Eden in the form of a mist. Right. Which is really cool sounding because you picture him as Satan. And then in our special effects world, transforming into a mist yeah. and floating along the ground. Yeah. And then he comes to the fountain that's next to the tree of life. Right. And it says by stealth. Right. found unsuspected way. Right. And the stealth thing is that secret sneaky Right. Well, thing. that misting, just misting around. Right. And then he rises from the fountain next to the tree of life again as Satan. Right. So you can you can actually and see that. And then found the serpent. Right. And that's the idea there of well, he searches long and hard. He observes the creatures to decide which one he wants to pretend to be and then he settles on the snake. And it says imp of fraud mm -hmm. for the snake yeah. in whom to enter and his dark suggestions hide from sharpest sight. Right. And so the idea here is that Satan is constantly seeking to hide all of his actions mm -hmm. from 
divine view. That's right. Which, of course, is ridiculous. Right, right. Because nothing can be hidden from he who knows all. Exactly. And so there's that self-deceptive thing again. He thinks that he can hide from God, but he knows that he can't hide from God. Right, right. So he hesitates before he settles on the snake, right? And he thinks about what things could have been. Right. And he, he actually, doesn't he come to the point where he thinks earth is better than heaven? But kind of. but then at the same time, he can't take joy in, in it at all? Yeah, right. So Satan says, oh, earth, how like to heaven, if not preferred, mm-hmm. for what God after better, worse would build. As God in heaven is center, yet extends to all, so thou, and he was talking about the earth, centering, receivest from all those orbs. Last week we talked about the centrality of astronomy Mm -hmm. in what Milton is saying in this poem. Mm -hmm. And Milton here is talking about earth as center versus earth as being simply a part of the solar system yeah right yeah and so that is something that's raging at this time exactly and he doesn't really much care either way Mm -hmm. but he wants to understand that the earth even if it's not the center of the solar system is in some sense the center of god's plans right exactly but at the same time satan says he can't take any joy in any of it yep Mm-hmm. Adam he, and Eve causes him to be all the more miserable watching them. Right. He says, the more I see pleasures about me, mm-hmm. so much more I feel torment within me. Right. All good to me becomes bane, nor hope to be myself less miserable by what I seek, mm-hmm. but others to make such as I. Yeah. And we've talked about the nature of evil said it over and over that again. doesn't really care about making things good. Mm-hmm. He just wants to make sure that everyone else isn't Feels as bad prospering as they do. and that they can drag them down. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And there is, for those of us who are Lancastrians, right? <laughs> for those of us who have lived by the Conestoga River, mm-hmm. when we used to catch as a kid, we used to catch crawdads, mm-hmm. crayfish, and put them in a bucket. And when one crayfish would start to climb out of the bucket, the other crayfish would would reach up and grab it and pull it back down. Yeah. And that's the idea here. It's like Satan doesn't want anyone else to prosper above him. And so evil pulls down the goodness around them. Mm -hmm. And this is Marx. It's Hegel straight up. Make everybody equal. Right. And that's their notion of equity. Mm -hmm. Equal outcomes for everyone. And it doesn't matter if for everyone you can achieve a better result Mm -hmm. by some being higher? No. The higher must be pulled down to the level of the lower. Mm -hmm. And that is what, right. So a rising, this was something that we used to talk about back in the days of Reagan. A rising tide raises all boats. Mm -hmm. They don't care about raising all boats. They just want all boats to be equal. Right. And if that's at a lower level, good. They're happy with that. And that's what it has to be. And that's the nature of evil. Right. So Satan resolves to destroy the good of God, and he says he's going to do it in one day (laughs) what God took on six days to create. Yep. He says, in woe, then, that is, I'm willing to pull everyone down to my level of suffering, that destruction wide may range. And then he talks about God, and he says, almighty styled, six nights and days continued making. And who knows how long before had been contriving. Mm -hmm. 
though perhaps not longer than since, I, in one night, freed from servitude, inglorious, well nigh half the angelic name. So he's saying, look, I've done greater things than God. I freed the angelic host in one night while it took him seven days to create the earth. Six Or six days. Sorry. And Satan excuses himself in that humans were created, he felt humans were created by God to replace those who fell. Right. So he says, I'm going to destroy them. Right. So these creatures that God has created to replace the angelic horde that I've brought down to hell are going to be replaced by human beings. Mm -hmm. So to spite God, I will bring down that newly created creature man. And then he looks at what he's become. Satan looks at himself. Right. And is kind of disgusted. Mm -hmm. Exactly. (laughs) And he says here, the angels that are watching, of these the vigilance I dread. And to elude, thus wrapped in mist of midnight vapor, glide obscure and pry in every bush and brake, where hap may find the serpent sleeping in whose mazy folds to hide me. Mm-hmm. And he says, look how, re- how I've been reduced. Right. I was one of the great members of heaven. The most and, beautiful angel of heaven. Right. The most powerful of mm-hmm. the created angels. And now I've been reduced to hiding myself <laughs> in the form of a snake right. and in the form of a mist to avoid right. detection by the God of the universe and the angels he sent to watch me. Right. Right. And the dark intent I bring. And here's the moment. O foul descent, that I, who erst contended with God to sit the highest, right? I wanted to sit in God's seat Mm -hmm. himself. That's Hegel. Right. Am now constrained into a beast, Mm -hmm. mixed with bestial slime, this essence to incarnate and imbrute. Mm -hmm. And of course, there's the flip side. Of the incarnation of Jesus. That's right. Truly the highest. God himself humbly taking on the form of the human in order to redeem what Satan has spoiled. It's the entire flip side. The beauty of God taking upon himself the form, humbling himself, whereas Satan proudly Mm -hmm. is forced to be humbled because he's destroyed himself. By mm-hmm. rebelling against God. <laughs> Takes pride in himself, being the one who actually stood up to God and right. tried to ascend to his throne. Right. <laughs> that so. to the height of deity aspired. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, and here's this moment of actual self-awareness. Yeah. But what will not ambition and revenge descend right. to? So he recognizes that he is willing, because of his failures, to go as low as he needs to in order to try to get revenge. I think of Nebuchadnezzar, who was turned into a beast, yet he um, humbled himself. Right. Revenge, he says, at first, though sweet, bitter ere long, Mm -hmm. back on itself recoils. And then this moment is so important. He says, Mm -hmm. let it. In other words, even though I'm going to suffer for this, Mm -hmm. so be it. Mm -hmm. I wreck not, so it light, well aimed. And there's that ends justify the means. And whatever I need to do to get back at God, it's justified. It's going to be done. Spite then with spite, 
is best repaid, he says. Okay, we spent 15 minutes talking about the beginning of book nine, and we still have the temptation. Right. This thing is so rich. Exactly. And I hope our listeners will actually read it or listen to it themselves and come to their own conclusions and their own understanding based on what Milton says. Because as as I said when we started... The best we're going to be able to do is sort of point to highlights yep, exactly. as we move through it. Okay, so let's move on. Adam and Eve arise in the morning, right? And they wake up, seems like every morning, praising God. Mm-hmm. But this time, it seems like, okay, we remember that Eve had had Satan whispering into her ear as in the form of a right. toad. So Eve has already foretasted the temptations to come when Satan actually does tempt her. Right. I mean, we know that had happened ahead of time. But Eve has had the idea to this day that she thought, hey, why don't I work separately from Adam? Because that way I can get more work done. Mm -hmm. And she presents her idea to Adam. Right. So she says to Adam, thou therefore now advise. Or hear what, to my mind, first thoughts present. Let us divide our labors. And throughout the rest of Book 9, I would point out to our listeners that this theme of hand-in-hand is central to what's going on. Mm -hmm. Because Milton constantly refers to the nature of the hand. In the first eight books. Right. And here in Book 9, he makes that notion of hand-in-hand where flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone, Mm -hmm. Adam and Eve together confront the world, and they're supposed to be a single, united, complex individual, suddenly becomes divided. One flesh. And then we fall. Right. Right. So that's very important in everything that follows. Right. So Eve is now saying to Adam, and this is a prefigurement, I think, of the fall itself, because what she's suggesting to Adam is, Separation. Separation. Right. Right. So she says, let us divide our labors. Look, this project, Adam, that we have that God has given us of tending this garden has gotten so big that you and I would do better if we were to separate and work apart so that we could more effectively get the work done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Adam responds to Eve. He worries. Very worried. Right. And he says, soul Eve, associate soul, to me beyond compare above all living creatures dear, well hast thou motioned, well thy thoughts employed, how we might best fulfill the work which here God hath assigned us. So here's the rational case. Eve, you've made a great case. It is indeed rational and probably the case that we might be more effective in working apart. And yet, he says, not so strictly hath our Lord imposed labor as to debar us when we need refreshment, whether food or talk between, food of the mind, or this sweet intercourse of looks and smiles, for smiles from reason flow, Mm -hmm. to brute denied. That is, animals don't share what we do. This reasonable connection, this rationality, and this hand-in-hand, one-flesh notion. Animals couple and then go their ways. Mm -hmm. Human beings join together as one flesh, as one being. 
and he says, are of love the food. Love, not the lowest end of human life, for not to irksome toil, but to delight he made us, and delight to reason joined. And Adam here makes the case, and I'm not sure it's fair to put mm-hmm. this in Adam's voice here, but I do think this is God's plan yeah. for man and woman to work together to achieve common ends, but never to put the work first. Right, right. To put each other first. Right. And the common life that they share. Right. And the joy, because the work is secondary. Mm-hmm. The relationship is primary. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of Martha and Mary when Jesus was talking to the people and Mary sat by his feet and Mm -hmm. Martha was busy working. Right. And she said to Jesus, why don't you tell Mary, my sister, to get to work? To get to work. Right. And Jesus was very much on Mary's side. Right. And said she's chosen that which is needful. The better part. Yeah. So Adam says, these paths and bowers doubt not, but our joint hands will keep from wilderness with ease, Mm -hmm. right? And there's the hand-in-hand metaphor, as wide as we need walk, till younger hands ere long assist us. So it's like the work will wait, Mm -hmm. but we better not separate. And then he says this, but if much converse, perhaps they satiate. That is, if our talk is wearing you out a little, then to short absence I could yield. For solitude sometimes is best society. I think of when I spend time with you and we're walking in complete silence. Mm-hmm. And I'm in complete solitude, mm-hmm. thinking whatever, but we're still together. Right. And how we can be in solitude while at the same time being together. Yeah, that's actually, for me, Mm -hmm. one of the great magical things about our relationship. Mm -hmm. Because all of my life, I have treasured my solitude, being away from people. Because people have have felt to me as though they were invasions of, of my solitude, of what I needed to do. And you are never an invasion of my solitude. You are my solitude. Together, mm-hmm. when we're together, everything works. Right. And when you talk, I am as much in that beautiful solitude that I lived in for years Mm -hmm. as I ever was in those moments. That's right. So yeah, that is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And I don't seek solitude anymore. I seek you Mm -hmm. and you are my solitude. And he says, and short retirement urges sweet return. And then he says this, but other doubt possesses me, lest harm befall thee severed from me. Mm -hmm. And I understand that. The problem is, apparently, Eve didn't. Right, right. Is it Ecclesiastes chapter 4, where God says two are better than one? Yes. One falls, one will lift up his fellow, and if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. That's right. And, mm-hmm. and what's his name in... in Don't say it. Don't say it, Pilgrim's Progress. In Pilgrim's Progress, <laughs> yes. Pilgrim's Don't Progress. John Bunyan quotes it. that. And <laughs> you, you, you laugh at me, but John Bunyan is like the comic strip version of the brilliance of 
of John Milton. Yes. <laughs> I, I know I will get in trouble with all of my evangelical friends by saying that John Bunyan is sort of a parody and a comic strip on the I brilliance of turn on your electric collar. John Milton. <laughs> She's going to shock me. <laughs> so Adam actually says to Eve that the tempter will find best advantage us asunder helpless to circumvent us, joined. And so he is actually right on mm -hmm. about the danger here. Right. And he says, I worry that if you separate from me, we will be more prone to fall. Right. But like I said, in Ecclesiastes, God said, two are better than one. Right. So they discuss this back and forth, right? Yes. And the idea that it seems like it's prevalent today that we need to sacrifice our marriage for the work of God. Do you see that? I do. Mm -hmm. And it worries me. And it shows God how much we love him the more we sacrifice our marriage. And a lot of times I hear the verse quoted, he who leaves father and mother and son and daughter, you know, for my sake, right. gospel's sake. But it is a common idea in the Christian world. Mm-hmm. But this is Genesis, the marriage relationship. That was the very beginning. Yes. That was the very, very beginning. Yep. And I think it's still the beginning. Yeah, I think so too. And the more the marriage the, relationship has fallen apart, yeah, I was going to say the, the more, more it's attacked. culture has fallen apart. Right. And the more it's attacked, the more you know that there's something in there that we're missing. Yep. And Eve pushes mm -hmm. to, to separate from Adam. And says to him that your doubt of me, mm -hmm. and why is Adam doubting Eve? I think we explained that a little farther on. He's really not. Yeah. And yet yeah. she takes it very As personally. As a personal attack. Right. She said, his fraud is then thy fear, which plain infers thy equal fear that my firm faith and love can by his fraud be shaken or seduced. Thoughts which how found they harbor in thy breast, Adam, misthought of her to thee so dear. So she takes it very personally right. that Adam says this. And this, and I'm sorry about this for our listeners, but I think this is the message of the feminist movement. Right. We are as good as you men are. Right. We are independent and capable. The problem with that is, we men aren't independent and capable. Right. We need you women right. to keep us straight. So what we need is not either one of us right. to be independent, but both of us to be dependent upon one another mm -hmm. and therefore truly to be the individuals mm -hmm. that God meant us to be right. as a couple. Right. Becoming who we are. So Adam says to Eve, not diffident of thee do I dissuade thy absent from my sight, but to avoid the attempt itself. The point I'm making, Adam says, is that together we can avoid the problem of temptation, but that divided will fall. And then he says this, I, from the influence of thy looks, receive access in every virtue in thy sight. More wise, more watchful, stronger, if need were, of outward strength. While shame, thou looking on, shame to be overcome or overreached, 
would utmost vigor raise, and raised unite. And that is the power of the looking glass. Mm -hmm. Because you are watching me, because you are involved with me, each and everything I do calls forth from me the greatest virtue that I can attain in order to be to you, mm-hmm. for you, what I need to be. Right. To love like Christ loved the church. To achieve that ideal, to seek mm-hmm. that ideal. And Adam is saying, you make me better, Eve, when we're together. When we're apart, I wilt on mm-hmm. the vine. And he says, that's the purpose of keeping us together. All right, so I'm going to stop you here because we have to move along, right? Okay. And Adam gives in to her argument and sees her go, and they will never have paradise again from that point on, right? Right. And what happens with the hands at this point? Adam, at the very end, says to Eve, But if thou think trial unsought may find us both secure, then thus warned thou seemest, go, for thy stay not free, absence thee more. Mm -hmm. That is, if I try by restraint to hold you here and violate your freedom, the separation has already occurred anyway. Right, right. And so if you are so confident in yourself, go, make the attempt. We will separate. I will allow it. Right. And then I love this line because it echoes what we read last week when Raphael warned Adam Almost word for word, Mm -hmm. Adam says to Eve, For God towards thee hath done his part, do thine. So spake the patriarch of mankind. But Eve persisted, with thy permission then, and thus forewarned, thus saying, From her husband's hand, her hand, soft, she withdrew. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's the breaking of the hand in hand that is absolutely devastating. Mm. And I think was the real cause, as Milton saw it, of the fall. Right. The breaking of the union that God intended between man and woman. Right, right. And so, in that sense, Satan triumphs mm-hmm. when the marital bond breaks. When the separation happens. Mm-hmm. Right. In fact, I mean, then, as you perceive here, Satan is happy to find them separated. Oh, delighted! Yes, mm-hmm. and and we can we can go there right now if you want. Right, right. Satan is stopped at first by Eve's beauty and innocence, and is reminded of hate and hell. But then he starts his attracting her attention. Yes. So it says, line four twenty one of book nine. Yeah. Satan sought them both, but wished his hap might find Eve separate. He wished but not with hope of what so seldom chanced. As Adam and Eve always went <laughs> everywhere, hand in hand, together, like you and I do. I was say, that's probably the biggest complaint that everybody has of us. Uh, be, when beyond his hope, Eve separate, he spies, mindless the while herself. That is, Eve is performing her tasks by herself, Mm -hmm. and she is mindless, though fairest unsupported flower from her best prop, that is Adam, Mm -hmm. so far, and storm so nigh. And I love that poetic language from Milton. 
because everything is now going to explode into the storm of sin right. and the fall. Right. And I mean, it's summed up in 1 John 2.16. He appeals to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the um, right, the temptation, pride of life. Yeah. Yep. And so it actually says, and I, I want to point this out, it doesn't come across as all that important in the poem. Mm-hmm. But when you see it in light of all that we've talked about and the nature of the hand in hand with Adam and Eve, it says, among the thick woven arborettes and flowers embroidered on each bank, the hand of Eve. Mm-hmm. That is the solitary right. hand of Just, Eve. Right. The hand that is now disconnected from Adam's hand. Right. And then it says about Satan, much he the place admired the person more. And so like you said, there's a long passage here where Satan actually pauses before he begins the temptation and he is blown away by Eve's beauty, her heavenly form angelic, but more soft and feminine, her graceful innocence, her every air of gesture or least action overawed his malice, and with rapine sweet bereaved his fierceness of the fierce intent it brought. That space the evil one abstracted stood from his own evil. And so the goodness of God and the creation of the world still affects Satan. He's lying to himself Mm -hmm. when he says that the goodness and the beauty don't affect him. They do. Mm -hmm. But the hot hell that always in him burns soon ended his delight and tortures him now more the more he sees of pleasure, not for him ordained. Then soon fierce hate he recollects and all his thoughts of mischief gratulating thus excites. So thus begins Satan's attempt on Eve. Mm -hmm. And he talks about a special fruit of a tree and he takes her there, right? Mm -hmm. And then when she gets there, she's like, oh, this is just the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And Satan monologues and persuades like 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 a Greek orator, all the bountifulness of eating of the tree. Right. Right. Yes. So Eve does take the fruit. She does eat of it. And then she becomes afraid of dying from this and losing Adam to another. To another Eve, Mm -hmm. yes. Yep. So at first she's very proud of herself, but then she realizes she's going to lose Adam. So she decides that she's going to give him the fruit and wants to share all in life or death with him. She returns to Adam and Adam had been waiting for her. Um, He was happily weaving a little wreath of flowers for her. And you can kind of see it in a movie scene as she approaches and he realizes that she's she's eaten of the fruit. Everything grows silent. The wreath falls from his hand in slow right. motion. The little, yeah, you can really see yeah. this in the dramatic yeah. cinematography. Right, and the flowers slowly bouncing and scattering on the ground, you know. But he realizes that she's eaten the fruit. Yes. Okay, so, so you want to read a little bit about this part. Right. So you promise you're not going to go too far? I will try to keep it condensed. Okay, go ahead. Okay. So Eve, after she has yielded to the temptation, mm-hmm. she says some really important and interesting things. Right. 
our great forbidder, safe with all his spies about him. So she said, perhaps I can hide this from God. Mm -hmm. And now we see already that Eve has violated that fundamental faith we've talked about before, that God and his creation is good, because now she has believed the lie that God is actually trying to hide something Mm -hmm. from them, Mm -hmm. to keep something back from them, something good from them. This tree of the fruit of knowledge and good and evil was a deception on the part of God. She's bought that from the serpent. But to Adam, Eve asks herself, in what sort shall I appear? Shall I to him make known as yet my change and give him to partake full happiness with me? Or rather not, but keeps the odds of knowledge in my power without co-partner. So to add what once in female sex, the more to draw his love and render me more equal. And so this selfishness sets in. And perhaps a thing not undesirable, sometime superior. Maybe I can be now the higher on the hierarchy, Mm -hmm. and stand above Adam, for inferior, who is free. This may be well, but what if God have seen, and death ensue? Then I shall be no more, and Adam, wedded to another Eve, shall live with her, enjoying, I extinct. And here we have the birth of jealousy. Mm -hmm. Confirmed, then I resolve, Adam shall share with me in bliss or woe. That is, there's no way I'm going to let him go. Mm-hmm. He's going to go down with me or rise with me. Right. So dear I love him. And here we have the redefinition of love. Because love is always seeking the best for someone else. Right. Not the best for oneself. But what if God have seen and death ensue? Then I shall be no more. And Adam, wedded to another Eve, shall live with her enjoying. I extinct, and then a death to think. Confirmed, then I resolve. Adam shall share with me. So dear I love him that with him all deaths I could endure. Without him live no life. And so there we see that birth of selfishness Mm -hmm. for sure. Right. And this is what the left constantly does. It redefines terms. That's right. right. So what does love mean? God's love is complex because sometimes it requires him to be, in a sense, cruel and require things of us that are difficult and hard and painful. Mm -hmm. That's true love. That's the love of a parent for a child. Love must be tough. Love must be tough. And then I can't help but going to this moment, and then I will shut up. So saying... Okay, so Eve has just committed all of these, shall we say, sins of the mind and selfish sins. Mm -hmm. So saying, from the tree, her step she turned, but first low reverence done as to the power that dwelt within. She's worshiping now the creature rather than the creator. Mm -hmm. And this is something our world is doing now. This environmentalism that we have embarked on in the 21st, 20th, and 21st century is really a worship of the creature rather than the creator. We're nature worshiping now. 
We've put Mother Nature above all else. Mm -hmm. We've deified it. Right, which is an old It's an old religion. religion. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's not something that's new. It's not something that science has brought us. This is an old religion that we have dealt with. And it's a religion. A pagan religion. Right. Yes, that we've dealt with throughout human history. It's not new. Right. And then it says, in her hand, she brought a bough of fairest fruit. Mm -hmm. So there's that soul hand again, bringing to Adam the fruit of the tree that was forbidden by God. Right. And the reason she does that is because she's been separated from Adam the whole time. Right. And she says to Adam, Thee I have missed, and thought it long, deprived thy presence, agony of love till now. And <laughs> there's an irony here, mm-hmm. because I think about how men seduce women. And this is Eve using that same sort of language when she Mm -hmm. returns to Adam. Oh, how I've missed you, Adam. Oh, how your love sustains me. And it's all that I've wanted. (laughs) I don't see it as a seducing. Instead, she seduces him. I don't see it as a seducing. I see it as the way we women try to get our husbands to do what we want them to do. (laughs) (laughs) just put on the nicest they always fall for it that's true yeah we're suckers (laughs) the flattery (laughs) okay so then um adam realizes he cannot live without her right i mean we don't have much time left so um adam eats the fruit right and he actually makes the point and this is the tragic moment that milton talked about Mm -hmm. in the beginning adam says no no I feel the link of nature draw me, flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone thou art, and from thy state mine never shall be parted, bliss or woe. Mm -hmm. And Milton makes the point, Eve was deceived, Adam was not. He freely chose to violate God's command, not because he was deceived, but because he chose Eve. Right. And that is the tragedy. It is the flaw, the tragic flaw. If you read Aristotle and his analysis in his book, The Poetics, Mm -hmm. of the nature of tragedy, it is that noble flaw in the character of an individual that causes them to fall, to fall into sin, Mm -hmm. to fall into error. And for Adam, Eve is what causes him to fall into error. His great and powerful, overbearing love for his wife causes him to fall. Um, And that's the tragedy. Submitting, Milton says, Mm -hmm. to what seemed remediless. He knows that Eve has fallen, Mm -hmm. and he's not willing to let her go, and he's willing to throw away everything that he has Mm -hmm. in order to maintain it. And I understand that. I feel that. Yeah, I know. I know you And it's the only... The only way that we can function as a couple mm-hmm. is for both of us to recognize exactly. that. And for you to guard against it, and for me to guard against it, mm-hmm. and for us to walk hand in hand directly into whatever God points us, right. and always balancing one another right. in our relationship to God, to right. Christ as the center of everything. Right, and knowing our weaknesses. Knowing our weaknesses, Mm -hmm. yes. And knowing our strengths. Yes. So Adam says, but past who can recall, or done undo, not God omnipotent, nor fate. 
So nature groans, the sky weeps, they're filled with lust, the two of them, they run off to a shady bank, which is interesting because up until now, they've always gone to their secret bower. Yes. Now it's just out in the open, huh? Yep. They awake with tormented minds, and Adam realizes the knowledge they received was good, lost. Yes. Evil God. Yeah. Good, lost, and evil God, and they become aware of their nakedness. Oh, Eve, said Adam. And this is after they've had their carnal interlude Mm -hmm. in which they've become lustful rather than loving. Mm -hmm. In evil hour, thou didst give ear to that false worm of whomsoever taught to counterfeit man's voice. So they recognize it as the lie of Satan. True in our fall, false in our promised rising. Since our eyes opened, since we've eaten this fruit, Mm -hmm. and the knowledge of good and evil has come to us, as is the nature of the fact, since our eyes opened, we find indeed, and find we know both good and evil, Mm -hmm. good lost and evil got. Right. And that's kind of the summation of what happens Mm -hmm. in this chapter. That's right. Mm-hmm. We've lost the good that God originally designed for us. And what have we gained? Nothing but evil. Right. How about that evil gotten? And Adam laments, how shall I behold the face henceforth of God or angel? And that's that interruption of relationship. Not only have Adam and Eve destroyed the beauty of their own relationship, mm-hmm. But they've cut the relationship with God. Right. That walking in the garden, that last time we talked about where his feet passed, Mm -hmm. no longer can man experience that. We can't meet God at that level anymore because we gave it up by choosing evil over good. Right. All right. Now a whole spectrum of emotions come to um, Adam and Eve via sin. Yes. Anger, hate. Yep. Mistrust, suspicion, discord, and they start playing a blame game. Yes. Mm-hmm. Adam, Back and forth. Yeah. Adam blames Eve for wanting to work alone. And then Eve says Adam would have probably succumbed to the serpent if he was there. Right. And then Eve said, Adam, you should have been firmer with me. Right. And Adam angrily says that she's ungrateful because look at what I did for you. I ate the apple for you, you know, so yep. I could keep you. Yep. And you're ungrateful. Yeah, the back and forth Mm -hmm. between the two of them is kind of like a prelude Mm -hmm. of all the arguments that every couple has throughout all of history after this. Mm -hmm. That's true. And they um, argue for hours, and that's how this book ends. And they can't resolve it, Mm -hmm. right? Because the only resolution will come when together they bow before God, Mm -hmm. recognize who they are, and return to a right relationship with God and with each other. Right. Which so, is humbling. So what what were you going to read there? They sat them down to weep. Nor only tears rained at their eyes, but high winds worse within began to rise. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something incredibly psychologically astute in Milton's portrayal here. Mm-hmm. High passions, anger, hate, mistrust, suspicion, discord, and shook sore their inward state of mind, calm region once, and full of peace, now tossed and turbulent. And you and I both know what that's like, because it's it's not just 
turbulence of couples, mm-hmm. but it's the turbulence of the individual right. psyche right. that came about as a result of sin. Mm-hmm. We can no longer be confident and secure and trust ourselves. Mm-hmm. Stable. Right, and stable. So, oh, how great a loss. And, and Milton says this, for understanding ruled not, mm-hmm. and the will heard not her lore both in subjection now to sensual appetite. Yeah. How many times do we lay awake at night and question ourselves on all the things that we have done and agonize over... What was was that meme this morning? (laughs) It says, so you're trying to sleep. Let Let me me remind (laughs) you of the 10 worst things things you've done. 10 worst memories in your life. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So both the will and the understanding are now in subjection to sensual appetite. Who from beneath usurping over sovereign reason claimed superior sway. Mm -hmm. And we can no longer trust even our reasoning capacities because the natural man Mm -hmm. constantly rises up and accuses us of all the things we've done, probably justly so, because we are sinners now, and we choose. The heart is deceitful and wicked above all things who can know it. Right, Jeremiah, is it 17.9? I think that is. And then, of course, as we said, they they go into the blame game back Mm -hmm. and forth. Eve says to Adam, Was I never to have parted from thy side? As good have grown there still a lifeless rib. Being as I am, why didst not thou, the head, command me absolutely not to go? Nay, didst permit, approve, and fair dismiss. And here we see actually a logical fallacy. Mm-hmm, that's, because yeah. that's not at all that's what Adam did. did. Right. But we don't care when we're in the process of arguing with one another Mm-mm. how rational our conclusions are. Right. We're just out to make the point and win and self-justify. And then Adam says this to end the book. Thus it shall befall him who, to worth in women over-trusting, lets her will rule. Restraint she will not brook. Right? <laughs> and left to herself, if evil thence ensue, she first his weak indulgence will accuse. <laughs> Thus they in mutual accusation spent the fruitless hours. And how does that characterize the nature of of married life mm-hmm. in our world today and, and in the past. And even in films and TV shows, it's, yep. it's like a satire on that. Yep. And then Milton ends with this, but neither self-condemning. Right. <laughs> it's always someone else's right. fault. And if you're married, it's always your spouse's <laughs> fault. right. And I think, I think we've learned Mm -hmm. that one because I usually end up blaming myself far more than I blame you and And you do the same thing. very true. And (laughs) we're a sad state of affairs. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that's the nature of love too, Mm -hmm. because I can't blame you because I know <laughs> what a failure I am mm-hmm. on so many levels and right. all the things that I do wrong 
And you do the same thing. You constantly blame yourself. Mm -hmm. And if we had different partners, that probably wouldn't be a good strategy. But it works pretty well for us. It does work good for us because... (laughs) We're always willing to give the other person the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, but I mean, because we know that the Lord put us together. Yes, that's true. You know? Okay, well... That ends book nine. Mm -hmm. And there was like... 300 million things I would like to have said <laughs> other than this. That's right. But I think that's a pretty good representation yeah, I think so too. of what happened. You picked out some very good verses from there to read and discuss. Okay, so remember, as we say every week, that if you are not able to read Paradise Lost for yourself, click on the link in the description where John has placed our Simple Gifts podcast where you read the complete Paradise Lost without commentary. The best place to go is probably YouTube because we have it in a playlist. Yes. And you can start from the beginning and go all the way. Listen straight through. Mm -hmm. And no matter where you're listening, be sure to subscribe or leave us a comment, uh, send us a message. John always replies to comments and messages as, as best as he possibly can. And as long as he doesn't get lost in the technology of it all, right? <laughs> yes, I need you to keep me straight. Um, <laughs> Where was that message? Was that on the YouTube or the Facebook <laughs> or the email? I gave up on Facebook long ago. <laughs> so you're always getting confused as yes. to where things are showing up. All you, all you know is a notification came up. Yeah, I am a, a 20th century man, not a 21st century Aww. man. You're a... A cassette tape and VCR man, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe CD. Well, I might have made CDs and DVDs, right? But not much beyond that. Mm-hmm. And floppy disks. You enjoyed the floppy, floppy disks. Floppy disks. <laughs> Three and a half inch floppies, not the five and a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So if you don't get a response right away, now you understand why. <laughs> Okay, so if you have the means to support us, use the link in the description to buy us a cup of coffee. We would really appreciate it and hope you all have a great week coming off of Easter week. Yes. So we hope you had a wonderful Easter. Easter. Yes. Celebration of our Lord's resurrection. Mm -hmm. Praise God. And if you don't believe in God, then we pray that you've gotten a little better of an understanding of him. Right. Join us on this side of the looking glass rather than the other. Right. Because it is the life of Christ that gives man life. Mm-hmm. So we would love for you to join us on this side. Right, right, exactly. So thank you so much for taking the time to listen, and we appreciate you all. Yep. I love you, my dear. I love you, Johnny. I am a Christian with the searching and skeptical mind of an atheist. I don't want to believe anything that isn't true. I know both sides of the looking glass, and I know them with open eyes. I choose Christ's side. I invite you to join me from wherever you stand before the looking glass. That's this week's episode. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can have your religious cake and eat it too. You can have reason, respect for science, a 21st century worldview, and be a Christian.